Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Thank you. Well, we are back in the book of Isaiah. Um, We have been looking during the season of Advent at uh, the prophecies of Isaiah about Jesus. And this morning, Isaiah is speaking about someone being anointed with the Spirit of God, and this someone will proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I don't know about you, but that sounds like something I want to hear about. The year of the Lord's favor. Here we are in this Advent season, the beginning of the Christian year. We're also just a few days from a new calendar year, 2024. You all believe that? I feel like I feel like, like we're living in the future, except it's a little less than what I expected. I don't know about you, I grew up uh, watching these movies, uh, these sci-fi movies, and they were using dates like 2023 and 2024 to talk about uh, flying cars and uh, time travel and teleportation, and we, we ain't got none of that. But we do have AI, so there's that. Um, but here we are, beginning the Christian year, beginning this new, uh, soon to be getting this new calendar year, and I would love to hear someone proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'll take some of that, and some of you will take some of that as well, after, maybe after the year you've experienced. You'd love to hear about a year of the Lord's favor, or maybe several years of seemingly struggles You'd love to hear the year of the Lord's favor. Sign us up. Well, let's, uh, let's dig in a little bit here and get behind what Isaiah is most likely pointing to. So again, Isaiah is promising that an anointed one will come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, this is most likely referring to the practice set in Israel's law known as the year of Jubilee, the year of of Jubilee. This was a, a, a special Sabbath year of years. And so here's what I mean. So uh, you might be aware in the Mosaic Law um, that there was a set there was supposed to be a Sabbath day of rest observed every Sabbath, uh, every seventh day. We find in Exodus 20, uh, verse 8 and 11 is a part of the list of the Ten Commandments. God tells Moses to tell the people. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the sea, uh, heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath, the Sabbath day and made it holy. So every seventh day was to be a day of rest. You were not supposed to do any work uh, on that day. You were supposed to rest and you were supposed to worship. A lot of you remember a time in our own culture where businesses were not open on Sunday, right? Um, not the case much anymore. So the Jews had the Sabbath. Every seventh day was to be a day of rest. But the Jewish law went even further than that. It required a Sabbath year. This was observed every seventh year. It's in the Sabbath year, not only did the people uh, and the livestock rest, but the land rested as well. No planting or harvesting was allowed in order to foster restoration of the land. Farmers, you probably know a little bit about this. Periodically, you may skip planting a field um, uh, in order to let it rest. You may plant something else. Now, I know what you're thinking, because it was what I was thinking. A whole year of rest? Sign me up. Come on. Uh, is, is, that, is that what it means by the year of the Lord's favor? Well, then, yes, Lord, amen, hallelujah. And then others of you are freaking out. Well, how, how, how am I supposed to provide for myself? And how, uh, how, how would I make ends meet? I, what, what am I, I've never rested that long. What am I supposed to do with my, what am I, you know? You can read about the Sabbath year in Leviticus 25, and we're going to read some, some of the passages out there. And the Lord says that, that even though you're not planting or harvesting, the land will still produce fruit during the Sabbath year. You can take from the land whatever it produces on its own. You just can't work the land. And so uh, the land also, the land will produce, just check this out, the land will produce more than enough during the sixth year to cover the seventh year while you rest, also the eighth year while you plant, so that in the ninth year you can then take from the land. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. Listen, so Leviticus 25, 20, verse 20 through 22. You may ask. God's like, I know you're going to ask this, so let me. You may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. While you plant during the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop and will continue to eat from it until the harvest of the ninth year comes in. How awesome is that? It reminds me of like when the Israelites are leaving uh, the Egypt and they're in the wilderness, right? And God supernaturally provides them manna. Manna means what is it? Because the Israelites looked at it and like, what is it? Well, they'd never seen it before because it was supernatural bread from heaven. He also provides quail from heaven. You remember what happened? Every day the Lord will provide enough for each household for each day, they were to collect no more than what they needed for that day. If they did, the rest of it would rot. Well, then what do you do on the Sabbath day? Lord, we're supposed to rest on the Sabbath day. 
the Lord would provide enough on the sixth day so that they would have enough on the seventh day so they didn't even have to gather or work on the seventh day. So not only was Sabbath meant to offer us rest, excuse me, so not only was the Sabbath meant to help us to slow down and to rest, it was also meant to help us trust in God. Because everything that we have comes from God anyways, and the Sabbath was just a weekly reminder of that. In our resting, we are not the ones providing, but God is. But listen to this. The cycle of seven was not done yet. So you've got the seventh day as a Sabbath. You have the seventh year as a Sabbath. Well, after every seventh Sabbath year, say that ten times fast, so seven cycles of seven years or 49 years, the people were required to set apart the 50th year as the year of jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor. Leviticus 25, uh, back to, says verse 8, Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years, wow, y'all, that's, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement. Sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow, do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the unattended vines. For it is a jubilee and it is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. So here's the thing about the year of Jubilee. It wasn't just about rest. This wasn't just about laying down your plows and trusting God. The year of Jubilee expanded into every area of life. It wasn't just freedom from work. It was about freedom from in every aspect of life. During the year of the Lord's favor, the year of Jubilee, God commanded that every debt be forgiven. God commanded that land should be returned to its original owner. Remember the land when the uh, Israelites left Egypt and they entered the promised land? God um, gave the land to the different tribes and the different families when they entered the promised land. So the year of Jubilee was an opportunity for you and your family to get your inheritance back. Can you just imagine for just a second? You've worked and you've worked and you've worked your family's land for years. Generations before you have done the same. But hard times come, a bad economy, whatnot, and you reach a dead end and the only means for your survival is for you to sell your inheritance. I can't imagine the heartache or the heartbreak that would cause cause from that. Perhaps some of you have been in a similar situation, whether it be your land or your possessions. But then the year of Jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor comes. Your land is returned to you as well as your honor 
restored. Then to top it all off, God commands during this year of Jubilee that all enslaved people are to be set free. Most slaves or captives at this point in time were in that situation because they were there to pay off a debt. They would serve in a household until their debt was paid. But in the year of Jubilee, it didn't matter if the debt was paid or not. They were set free. The debt was canceled, and they were set free. Can you just imagine that feeling? You've been in bondage. You've been in debt. And suddenly you're set free. The year of Jubilee. The year of the Lord's favor has come. So in light of all this that I've just shared, let me read to you again Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Jubilee was in this incredible gift that God gave to God's people. Really, it was a stroke of genius. I mean, it was God, but it was a stroke of genius. Establishing this rhythm of enduring hope embedded in the culture of God's people, these set-apart people, was built in protection against permanent poverty, permanent bondage, permanent loss of your family's inheritance. If tragedy or hardship hit that forced people into debt, into selling their family's inherited land in desperation, or, or even into servitude, they had hope because Jubilee was on the horizon. The, this 50-year cycle meant that the average Israelite could experience this celebration once in a lifespan. Hope was literally planted in every soul. And as our passage from Isaiah points out, they waited for those seeds to become the promised oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of splendor. It was all a display of the splendor of God, his love, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his freedom and hope. There's just one problem. This year of Jubilee never happened. The year of Jubilee never happened. For all its promise of freedom and hope, as we search through the history of Israel, there is no convincing proof that the people actually observed the year of Jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor. I don't know about you, but that's kind of tragic. But it's also not surprising. People with power rarely like to give it away. We like to demand what we're owed. 
We like to keep what we've collected. And we don't like to loosen our grip on our position. So Jubilee never happened until we turn the page from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And we turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. And this itinerant rabbi who's making his way around Galilee goes to his hometown. Here's what the gospel writer writes. He says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to to them, Today... This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Saying those words nearly got Jesus killed that day. But living out those words, a few years later, he was killed on a Roman cross. But through his birth and through his life and through his ministry and through his death and through his resurrection, we experience a new reality of freedom and hope through Jesus. Jesus brings jubilee. Luke 4 and and Jesus' reading of Isaiah 61 offers us one of those real, I mean, clear examples of prophecy in the Old Testament being clearly fulfilled in the New Testament. Jesus says so. So while the year of Jubilee appears to have never happened for the Israelites, because of Jesus, it can happen for you and for me. We know that there are, from experience, that there are plenty of things other than prison bars that can keep us captive. Fear, anxiety, worrying about the future. We got a whole nother election to come up, right? Yay. Addiction. There's a new thing that you can be addicted to every day. Anger. Some of us are angry. Guilt or shame over our past. Negative thoughts. Doubt. Low self-image. Comparison. Man, we are, this age of social media, we are horrible at comparing ourselves with what we only see as the good part of somebody's life. 
green. <laughs> Gluttony. <clears throat> Laziness. A critical spirit. Lack of forgiveness and bitterness. I could just sit here and we could spend all day going down the things that hold us captive. What is holding you captive this morning? What is keeping you from experiencing the year of the Lord's favor? And that that sounds like a prosperity gospel. I'm not talking about everything is going to be rosy. I'm I'm not telling you you won't have struggles, but I am telling you that when Christ sets you free, he gives you a new life, he calls you son or daughter, and you have a power within you to resist any temptation and to deal with any struggle that you might face. Jesus wants to set you free and to give you new life, a year of jubilee. John tells us in, the, in his gospel, chapter 8, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Well, we know from Isaiah 61 and Luke 4 that the Son has come. His name is Jesus, and the year of jubilee has been established forevermore. So the Son has come to set you and me free. If you will receive him, Jesus the Messiah, he will set you free, and you will experience the year of the Lord's favor, not just in this year, but in every year to come. As we wait in this Advent season, we know that hope has finally, finally come. It has finally become a reality in the, rea- in the arrival of Jesus. And Jubilee brings freedom, brings restoration, Jubilee brings hope, and Jesus brings Jubilee. Remember, I love you. God loves you, and God wants you to be free in Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your anointed one, Jesus the Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, has come and your word has been fulfilled in him. Lord, I pray that you would set each one of us free, free for the fullness of life that you have called us. that we would not be held captive by by our sin, by anything. That you would set us free for new life in you. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.